Welcome to the PR Moment podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to this latest PMO podcast. Um, for the regular listeners amongst you, you'll realise this is our latest of our bonus pod series where I chat to Andrew Block about uh, a bit of a PR pitches and uh, M&A update um, within the UK PR scene. Um, for those of you that don't know, Andrew is co-founder and non-executive director at Frank PR um, and is now head of PR at the new business consultancy firm AAR. He's also a partner at PCB Partners, where he advises on the buying and selling of marketing services agencies. Before we start, um, a reminder that the PR Moment Awards 2023 are now open for entry. Time is flying by. You've uh, The early bird deadline is about four weeks' time. So um, do check out the awards site, PRMomentAwards.com, um, for the new um, entry form and the entry pack and all that. Um, we've made quite a few changes to categories this year, so um, do check that out. Um, and I should say thank you so much to our PR Moment podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ben. Good to be here. Uh, a pleasure. So come on and give us your a bit of a wins update. Um, maybe it's a wins and losses update. I don't know for um, what's going on in the PR pitch scene. It's been a busy month, I'm pleased to say. So I'll pull out a couple of notable ones to begin with. Um, Ketchum have won the known, um, both consumer, corporate and trade. So that's brands like Actimel, Tivia, Cow and Gate, Harrogate, Springwater, um, big, big account, seven-figure account win, been going on since I think about March. Um, Freud's continue with Evian, they've taken the rest. So, so that's real- that's a big win for Ketchum, isn't it? That one. I mean, we there's some sounds to me like that's a chunky old piece of business. Chunky old piece of business. Well done to Sophie Rain, who oversees the consumer division there. Um Yeah, it's a consolidation of their agencies, which is something that we're starting to see quite a lot of at the moment as clients try to simplify their rosters, sometimes for cost savings, more often than not to do with efficiencies and just getting better results. Right. And we we should do a hat tip, should we, there? I mean, Ketchum seemed to be on a bit of a run. Yeah, they're in a fantastic role at the moment. I think under Joe Robertson, they've really defined what they're all about. I think they've differentiated themselves from some of the other big agency players out there, but also shown that they can do top creative work, which sometimes I think unfairly big agencies get labelled as being just sort of safe and steady and catch them doing some brilliant work. So, yeah, massive hat tip. Right. Um, what else has been going on? Um, the other one that caught my eye was Tin Man. Um, last month, we talked about it. Yep. yep. Virgin Atlantic, they won, which was all about sort of updating their gender policy. But they've just won Luton Airport. Um, so their second aviation related account they're flying at the moment. So um, quite different accounts, that isn't it? Virgin Atlantic and Luton Airport. I don't, yeah. I don't mean to be unkind, but um, slightly different messaging, I, I would suspect. Have you been to Luton recently? It's one of my favorite <laughs> airports. Um, what caught my eye actually was that it was a tender involving 10 agencies. Right. I think my heart sunk a little bit when I read that because no one wants to be part of a 10 agency process. So to come out victorious from that is pretty sweet, but it's a lot of agencies to be involved in pitch. Yeah. 
Um, and, and we should just comment on that. I mean, that is not best practice, is it? Or, or frankly, I think it's not great from the buy side or the sell side um, to have that many people involved. I don't think so, no. Um, to be fair, I don't know how many of those 10 went through all stages of the process. I think it's fair enough to start out with a broad, long list to see what's out there. Um, in my role, sort of AAR-wise, when I'm running a pitch, I'm always, I always try to be very respectful of how much you ask agencies to do at the early stage, you know, when the odds are 10 to 1. It's not fair to be asking loads and loads of agencies. So, so where do you start then? Let's just if you've got a long list, what's the what's the magic number? What do you reckon is the best number to, for for a long list to to start to I mean, kick off the it, process? It does depend on the brief and how multifaceted it is. I mean, often I'll start off with about ten names, but I won't even really speak to the agencies at that stage. I speak to clients. I talk them through the pros and cons of those ten agencies, and we'll get it down to roughly about six. Okay. And it's at that point that I'll speak to the agencies, might then do a chemistry session with six of them and ideally take it down to three for the right. final stage, which doesn't necessarily have to be a pitch these days. I think, right. you know, the key is just trying to figure out the chemistry, the capabilities and that kind of stuff. So if it doesn't need a full on pitch process. Right. Go on, keep, keep us going with your, um, your wins countdown. Okay. I'll fly through the rest. So, Splendid have won Twinnings, the social account for them. They're going to be creating a new brand identity, increasing their digital presence. Really nice, iconic brand there. Yeah. Uh, one that was quite close to me, Ready10 and Cooler have won Fair Game, which you might have heard of being the cool sort of dude that you are. It's the latest place to go. It's an indoor fairground. The reason why it's close to my heart is it's backed and founded by Richard Hilton, who was the guy that created Gymbox, which was an account that I worked on back in the day is a brilliant businessman brilliant creative and uh, and what's happening there ready 10 are doing the creative consumer side and cooler doing the, the social i don't know or exactly is that... Right. exactly okay. that right. um and it's already getting a ton of press it's very visually eye-catching so it's a bit of a dream but a really cool concept an adult fairground right recommend it if you haven't been um or continue a great role a run they um have just won this month Visit Tampa Bay and also the Moroccan National Tourism Office, so two nice um, destination wins for them. Talker Taylor have just won my hair care brand of choice, Bedhead, but don't let that sort of influence you. It's actually a very good hair care brand, so they're doing influencer engagement, creative PR stunts, that kind of stuff, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Right. Um, another brand that I love, is Krispy Kreme and Good Relations have just won a three-way pitch for Krispy Kreme, all about um, consumer influencer work, making them culturally relevant. Um, PHA have won Backbone, which are mobile gaming controllers. And then Tiger Bond have had a, a really good run, a whole sort of handful of wins for them. They've won Sophology, they won Dreamland, they've won... Napo, which is a pet insurance brand. They've won Hospitality Rising, which is this movement that was set up by Mark McCulloch, the guy who founded Yo Sushi and Prep to help solve recruitment problems in, in that industry post-COVID. And also um, medical cannabis clinics, which kind of does what it says on the tin. So they're having a good run too. So yeah, lots and lots of wins. It seems to be very buoyant. This time of year is 
always a busy time as people try to get the house in order to sort of get a head start on 2023. So good to see some of those wins coming through. Right. I mean, let's do our, should we do our, what has now become a sort of monthly update? Um, I'm always that slight merchant of doom saying, surely the cost of living crisis is making there less, there's more uncertainty in the market, which possibly means l- less activity in the market. Is that, is that trend happening yet? Or are you still pretty, uh, pretty buoyant? I'll always be glass half empty. You know, one of us has got to be cheerful, Ben. So <laughs> I think, you know, whenever there's a change in messaging and no doubt a lot of brands having to adapt their messaging, there is a requirement for good PR. Um, I also am a firm believer that PR could be more cost effective and more so than ever more measurable. So I think as long as agencies are able to demonstrate how they can have an impact, how they can shift behaviour, how they can drive sales, there's no reason why anything is going to dry up. I would say being a, a realist, decisions are taking a little bit longer a bit more going backwards and forwards. Some of the stuff that I've been working on and should have been concluded a month or two ago is still sort of going through the process, but it's happening. So, yeah. And it's always, things have always taken longer than anyone thinks they're going to, don't they? It's rare that it, it, you know, it all necessarily runs to the timeline that everyone thought it would at the start. Um, Go on, give us your your update on um, M&A, because there's, uh, again, it's been a busy old time, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Um, yeah, the M&A market is volatile at the moment, but there are still deals being done. So okay. Give us a bit more. Volatile Volatile is an interesting word. Why is it volatile? Because there's clearly quite a bit going on, but you're still saying it's volatile. The main volatility is in the private equity market. So debt is difficult to raise um, due to interest rate rises, people being cautious. And that is what is scuppering some deals and postponing some deals at the moment okay. on the trade side i mean the, the deals are still happening um they're just taking longer and harder to figure out um but on the trade side it's still buoyant and the trend that we've seen really for the last six months to a year of building deep specialisms is continuing so prime global who are a medical comms company acquired earthware which um is a creative digital specialist in the healthcare space. Um, Prime raised finance with um, Levine Lightman Capital Partners last year. This is their second acquisition. So they they also bought HCD Economics at the start of this year. So they're they're one to watch. They're definitely on the acquisition trail. Um, Another sort of specialist, RSK, who specialise in environmental engineering, tech services businesses, they've acquired Copper, who are a top 60 firm, strategic comms agency, growing at a pretty fast rate, I think. Yeah, grow. I mean, it's one, one of those businesses up until fairly recently I, I wasn't aware of, but I mean, their fee income is about 6 million. So they're yeah. they're not, it's, it's a decent size and within quite a, quite a niche. So, um, yeah. yeah. It is niche. Um, you know, they're mainly working on things like infrastructure, clean energy, carbon reduction, and they've got big, big clients, people like National Grid, National Highways. So, it's interesting they're they're building their creative team, and that's what I find interesting. It's it's just evidence that even when you're in pretty serious strategic sectors, there is always space for creativity, and that's what that acquisition is all about. Right, um, and a, a bit of an MBO update as well, isn't there? There's been a fair bit going on there. Yeah, there's been a couple of MBOs this month. So 
BCG, um, which it's an MBO between BCG, Liberty One, Cavendish Advocacy and SoCrowd. So BCG specialise in comms around the built environment. They're about a 10 million fee income agency, also growing at a fast rate. About yeah, I mean, they've, they've grown a lot in the last three three years or so. Um, yeah. Just, um, so it's, it's a, I mean, it's what I think Stephen Pomeroy was, um, he founded it a, a, a few years back, didn't he? Um, and I think right. Rachel Bell, I think a friend of the show was a non-exec for that business for a couple of years as well, quite recently. So it's interesting that they've grown and now they've, they've done this MBO. Yeah, so Stephen's um, going to become a non-exec director. Um, the other main director, Andrew Howard, is going to continue part-time in an advisory capacity. So that's interesting. The other MBO um, is Rise at Seven. So Carrie Rose has now taken control of Rise at Seven and Steve Kemwright, who was the other founder, is um, leaving the business. So... Don't know too many details on that at the moment, but Rise of Seven have been one of the you know fastest growing agencies of recent years. And both Carrie and Stephen are fantastic entrepreneurs, a, a brilliant double act. And I wish them both all the best of luck as they go off in their sort of new directions. Big job for Carrie. But yeah, no I mean, it's an interesting one that because that business is clearly, uh, I, I suspect most people are aware of it. It came from a sort of, um seo digital pr um beginning didn't it and has and has evolved very quickly and grown very very quickly um and both Stephen kenwright and carrie rose i mean you you couldn't you could only admire the the job they've done and it? it's a, a phenomenal story of growth um and work i mean you know the the the, the, the amount of the, the amount of creative work that they they produced um, on a regular basis is very impressive um and it's yeah. a bit of a shame they've they've gone their separate ways but i i guess these things happen it does it happens you know they, they have they've done a phenomenal job they've created this category of creative search completely owned the category and dominated it lots of people have cottoned onto it and caught up but they're both fantastic entrepreneurs brilliant at what they do and both loving people as well so i right. really wish them both the best of luck I've no doubt we're both going on company's house over the next few days to work out exactly what's happened with the structure of the business. But but in essence, Stephen's um, exited and Carrie's taken on an increased equity share. Whether she's got 100% or not, frankly, we're not too sure. Correct. Okay, right. Um, what else has been going on? So one that's pretty close to my heart, actually, is Climb Online, um, which is the search engine optimization business founded by the Apprentice winner, Mark Wright, has sold for a figure believed to be in the region of £10 million. I couldn't possibly confirm or deny that. No. Well, it's right. not like you've been involved with that business in the very start, is it? So no, um, I'm sure I'm sure you wouldn't you couldn't possibly you wouldn't know. <laughs> so. but it's, a, it's a great story. It's a real rags to riches story. Yeah, Mark it is. came over from yeah. Australia, literally penniless, seven, eight years ago, saw an ad for the apprentice, entered won it, went into partnership with Lord Sugar. Lord Sugar invested 250 grand in the business. Seven years later, he's walking away with a nice fat check. In his and it's, I, 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 for, for people who are listening who are um, don't know, Andrew has been involved in, I think, the publicity of, of this business for and, and maybe the deal. So it's a, um, 
did, did Lord Sugar still have? So it's one you know well, is what I'm trying to say. Did Lord Sugar still have equity in it? Was it was it the sort of perfect yes. apprentices apprentice story, if you like? So it, yeah. everyone everyone's a winner in that sense. Yeah. So since okay. about 2007, the structure of the apprentices, the winner goes into a business partnership with Lord Sugar. He puts in two hundred and fifty thousand pounds for fifty percent of the company. Right. Mentors guides them, takes them on their path. And yeah, they they both exited very nicely at the end of it. So brilliant. Good story. Well, a, a, a good news story. Uh, and Clarity have been they've been quite busy with an interesting um, deal. Yeah, Clarity have acquired the UK arm of political intelligence. So right. what that does for them is it's adding public affairs to their skill set. They're they're already sort of doing bits and pieces, stakeholder management campaign lobbying, bit of government relations, but they've now got this broader service offering. It takes them up to about 160 full-time employees. So right. you know, really quite a sizable entity now and a good deal for them, I think. Well, it's a very interesting deal because I, I had um, always associated Clarity with tech PR, frankly, um, and I'm not saying this, so there's quite an interesting um move into 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 the politics and public affairs side of things yeah yeah i mean this is what you're seeing at the moment is firms are expanding both the breadth and the depth of their services in order to compete effectively for the biggest bits of business out there so right it's not uncommon in terms of the trend that's going on uh, and dare I ask you about the the MNC deal? Can we can you just give us an update on on where we've got to on that? Because it it promised so much, but it's all sort of faded away. Yeah, I mean, it looks for the time being that MNC is set to remain as an independent. So shareholders voted against the next fifteen takeover offer. Um, for regular listeners of the bonus podcast, they will remember that we've talked about this pretty much every podcast since we started it's been going on since the beginning of the year i mean it was overwhelmingly opposed by i think it was 89 percent of the investors but, but, but we should just talk about that for a moment shouldn't we because that what's really interesting about that is that it changed because at the start the shareholders broadly we didn't know but the the, me, the sort of messaging from it was that they were they quite liked the next 15 deal um and just talk listeners through why we went from that to a, a situation where 89 percent rejected it Essentially, it's because the implied value of the deal has tumbled because the share price of Next15 has declined. And it's important to point out this is not as a result of Next15's performance. It's what's happened with a lot of the holding companies due to macroeconomic issues, uncertainty in the markets. Their share price has declined, which effectively just made the deal not worthwhile to pursue. Um, prior to that, Van Muria, who was the top shareholder, who still is the top shareholder, she owns 23% of the company. She also tried to buy MNC, but failed to win over the board. So what's happened now is the next 15 offer period has lapsed, and both next 15 and MNC, you know, need to just get on with day-to-day business and you know for MNC it's remaining as an independent and it has to be said they're doing pretty well as a company is at the moment so whether they will be too bothered about it or not i'm not sure it will, it will 100% have been a big distraction for them so i think what's going to happen now is they just put their head down and carry on business as normal for the time being but 
who knows, I could be telling you the next chapter in the saga in a month's time. Andrew Block, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.